0: We're joined now by Lior Samfiru, who, of course, is the employment lawyer and the Employment Hour Heard here uh, on 640 Toronto. Welcome to the show, Lior.
1: Good afternoon, Kelly.
0: Thanks for being here. I wanted to talk to you about this. Uh, there is a lawsuit that has been launched and filed in Winnipeg, in a court in Winnipeg. So it hasn't been launched yet, but it's been filed. And it's on behalf of uh, a worker in Winnipeg, who is a delivery driver for Save the Di- Skip the Dishes. It's one of those um, food delivery apps. She's been working f- for them since 2016. And the main issue is whether or not couriers are independent contractors or employees. And they think that, you know, on her side of this lawsuit, she says that she considers herself an employee and she should be entitled to benefits and of the employee standards legislation, and those benefits would include holiday pay, overtime pay, minimum wages. What's the difference off the top here between an employee and an independent contractor?
1: Well, Kelly, an independent contractor is someone that's in business for him or herself, someone that is in the business of providing services, someone that uh, is, is running that business in order to make a profit, and is not dependent on one company is not necessarily taking directions from a company the best example that i'll give you is the plumber that you call into your house because you have a leak that plumber is an independent contractor because he's he has several customers he comes does the job then moves on whereas an employee is someone that's dependent on a company provides services usually exclusively to that company under their direction is not trying to make a profit beyond earning their salary so there's a real difference between an employee and an independent contractor.
0: Now, it's very convenient for companies to say, um, you know, with this gig economy, uh, these people are working for themselves. How much of an argument does she have and does she have anything to back it up with?
1: Well, I would certainly uh, say that she has a strong argument. I'm actually involved in a class action against uh, Uber right now where the the argument is the same, that the Uber drivers, including the Uber Eats uh, folks, are employees rather than independent contractor. And and the same thing uh, applies with Skip the Dishes. As I understand it, uh, the company decides everything. They decide how much people are gonna get paid. They decide who's gonna get what job. Uh, They can penalize you for not doing certain things. They can take you off the roster, uh, uh, and they can even tell you how much to work. So it has all the, or at least some of the indicators of employment. Think how different those drivers, those couriers are from the plumber that we talked about before. Now, a lot of these cases are in a gray area. No one's going to dispute that a plumber is an independent contractor, but what about someone that has some flexibility but is still under someone's control? And these issues come up all the time in the context of many uh, industries and many jobs, and our laws are such that they're there to protect those that are, are, are vulnerable and, and employees are considered to be vulnerable because they're, they are they don't have the same power as an employer. So I think there's a very good chance that uh, the, uh, the skip the dishes uh, couriers will ultimately be found to be employees and deserving of the protections of employees.
0: The gig economy, you know, people say, yeah, it's flexible, but it's unstable. Is this, uh, you know, are we going to see more companies trying to take advantage of this idea that there's a gig economy and uh, everybody wants to work with more flexibility? Is this the way things are going and will we see more of these lawsuits?
1: Yes, we definitely will. And at some point, these matters are going to go to the highest court in the country, the Supreme Court of Canada, who's going to have to set the the, the rules and set the stage in terms of what's expected, what's in, what's appropriate, what's not. And and in this new reality, in this new economy, how do we distinguish between employees and contractors? Perhaps the old way, the way we've been doing it for 150 years, is not uh, good enough, or is not no longer relevant in the in the current reality. But as it stands right now, there are certain strong arguments that, despite the fact that this company and others like it in the gig economy are, are supposedly employing contractors, they are really employees. And, and the, the problem with that, of course, is if they are employees, you, you, you can do whatever you want to them without repercussions, and, and that's not the way the law operates. There are certain protections that we all have, and if they're, they're employees, they should have the exact same protections as everyone else.
0: There are, uh, you know, a lot of arguments for uh, breaking up unions or the fact that here here we are in 2018, we don't need unions anymore because we have very strong labor laws. But with this gig economy, we're seeing a lot of uh, people in this gig economy turning towards unionizing, the latest being bike couriers. Do you think that the gig economy is going to bring back uh, the need for unions?
1: I I don't at the end of the day. I really don't. I think that what's needed more... Is, is proper guidance from, from our courts. And, and here in Ontario, by the way, the, the legislator, that the previous uh, provincial government has tried to make tougher laws and tougher penalties for those companies that misclassify individuals as employees or contractors. And, and I think once the laws are clear, once the enforcement enforcement mechanisms are gonna be in place, I think companies are gonna understand what's expected of them and what they can and cannot do. And I think once that's done, then I don't know that the unions will add anything to the equation. It's a matter of time. Economies are changing. Um, uh, employment laws should follow suit. It always is the case that laws have to take, have to take some time to catch up with the new reality. It's going to happen. And I think once that happens, we'll, we'll be back to a position where unions will arguably not add much value.
0: If you guys win your class action lawsuit against Uber, is that going to be precedent setting?
1: It is. It's only really going to be a very big thing, and it's going to have to change how Uber and other companies like Uber do business, both in Canada and potentially overseas. And, you know, there's a lot at stake here for for these drivers, as well as for a company like Uber. It's, it's a big deal, and I think at some point the, the highest court, as I said, Supreme Court of Canada, is going to have to hear it and make that decision. It's not probably the type of case that a, a, a judge sitting uh at uh, University Avenue in Toronto is going to have to decide this is really something that's going to be important for the entire country.
0: How much responsibility should fall on the shoulders of the consumer, you know, with, with regard to the gig economy? You know, I think Uber is not only because of its app. Ah, uh, pretty attractive, but you know, there. When you look at how much it costs for a cab to go across the city, and then sometimes you'll open your Uber and think, "Oh, wow, this is going to cost me significantly less." It, you know, we are asking that the company to keep those uh, wages low by you know wanting a cheaper ride across the city. Maybe it's not something that's feasible.
1: Yeah, and and obviously that is the the, the concern always that are people going to be accepting. Of Uber or other services, if they charge more, and and can they not charge more if they have to have employees? And and the, that is a problem, perhaps. But I, I don't know that uh, anyone here would want to accept a situation where someone should be getting minimum wage but is not, so that they can pay less. For, uh, for a ride or, or pay less when they order uh, uh, food uh, for takeout. So I think at the end of the day, I think as a society, we will accept that our laws are there to protect them because if they're not protected, why are we going to be protected and how are we going to be protected and are our rights going to be in jeopardy next? So I think at the end of the day, consumers will accept the new reality and there hopefully is a way to make Uber and others like it uh, competitive price-wise while still providing the rights of protections to its drivers.
0: Well, Lior, we'll keep an eye on these cases because they're certainly going to be interesting and they'll inform how that gig economy uh, moves forward and how much it, you know, it is going to cost the uh, customer of the gig economy. I appreciate your time today and we look forward to listening to you right here on 640 Toronto with the Employment Hour.
1: Always a pleasure, Kelly. Thank you.
0: Cheers.